Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Multidimensional Journey YouTube and podcast. This is your host, Ayahuasca Card. Thank you guys so much for returning back. And today we're going to be talking about ways that we can work with um, our nervous systems, trauma, dysregulation, um, when we're preparing for plant medicine, psychedelics, non-ordinary states of consciousness. Um, and this will also be applicable if you have no interest in psychedelics or plant medicines as well. Um, so excited to get into that. But before we do, be sure to check out all the links below for my upcoming workshops, subscribe to my newsletter, check out my free ayahuasca preparation course. Uh, feel free to join us in our Facebook group. We go live weekly and we answer your questions um, so you can get some on the spot support and get some community, surround yourself with like-minded individuals. Um, and links for other things, microdosing the ayahuasca vine, dieting bobasana at home, all, all wonderful things down below. Um, so today we're going to be going over uh, scientific evidence-based modalities that have been proven to show um, pretty good success with helping regulate the nervous system, um, helping it feel more settled, and ultimately feeling more in our bodies, um, connected to our most authentic selves. Um, and yeah, I'm excited. So I think before we get into the modalities, right? So, it's more important to not just focus on like the modality. Um, and I always talk about this in uh, psychedelic and plant medicine work as well, is because um, the modality is just the thing, right? The ayahuasca is just the thing, the MDMA, the ketamine, the psilocybin is just a modality. Whereas your ability to be prepared to go into some of these things. And I think more importantly, um, who you're working with, you know, this, this is probably more important than, than all of them. And actually research has shown this, that the relationship and the rapport that you have with another human that you're interacting with is really what shows the most um, efficacy long-term. It's actually the relationship with the person you're working with. And this is across the board in terms of therapy, coaching. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what you know realm you work in. So just kind of keeping that in mind, um, that set and setting is always applying. It's always working for us, whether in psychedelics, plant medicines, or any type of inner work that we're wanting to access. So we'll go um, in order of operations here. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, from kind of uh, ways that I stack these practices with the people I work with, the way I introduce them. Uh, and it's really kind of like a, a preparation model, so to speak. And I'll, I'll talk more about that as we go through it. So um, so the first one that's really, really helpful is um, basically uh, these are these are my body practices. So uh, mindfulness. So mindfulness is important for psychedelic and plant medicine work because we're developing the ability to come back to um, observing anything presently and non-judgmentally um, and in best case scenarios compassionately and essentially with a sense of curiosity um, when we're you know when we're facing things we're constantly judging or if we're constantly triggered which uh, I've been there before and sometimes I still get there but I know how to get myself out of there quicker now um, so there's no judgment around being there uh, and in terms of stepping into plant medicines and psychedelics it's really important because if I'm constantly dysregulated in my nervous system um, pouring a psychedelic on top of it especially ayahuasca, uh, is going to be overstimulating. It's going to be too much. So we really want to work on sitting with ourselves, detaching from our thoughts, our emotions, our sensations. Um, I guess I, I want to be careful of the word detaching. So I'm going to replace that with observing, being with. There we go. That's the language. So being with our sensations, being with our thoughts, and not over-identifying with them. That's really what mindfulness teaches. And usually when I'm working with people, um, I just have them focus on their breath. Um, and it's really through their own direct experience that we kind of shift and change the direction of their mindfulness practice, whether they want to do a walking, whether they want to create it into like a meditation or a prayer, just really depends on a person's like cultural background and, and what works for them. Oftentimes I'll, I'll recommend the Calm app, you know, that offers a lot of guided meditations, the, the practice of sitting with self. Um, so that's, that's kind of like the first practice that um, we want to work with. Um, and then moving to breath work. So just being able to access deep diaphragmatic breathing, um, also accelerated breathing as well, like um, breath work journeys, which are very different from just slow diaphragmatic breathing. Um, so just speaking a little bit more to the diaphragmatic breathing really quick, this allows us to really 
this really helps us, you know, with our mindfulness practice, this really allows us just to settle more into our bodies, to settle more into our nervous system. It's really great for preparation. Um, it's a great skill to have during any journey is your breath. Everyone will say that, like, don't forget your breath. It's really, really important because that's what keeps the energy moving and flowing. It helps you stay grounded. If you do get dysregulated, you can come back to that breath. It's really, really key and important. Um, so just being able to work with the breath, you know, a lot of us um, can get in habits of holding our breath. Um, shallow breath, all these different things. And we we know now science has shown, I mean, there's tons of science around mindfulness, by the way. Um, John Kabat-Zinn was like the pioneer of all the research behind um, mindfulness and bringing it to the West and making it a very reputable and evidence-based evidence practice because, you know, us Westerners, we love science, right? So uh, when we practice mindfulness regularly, it actually um, helps the brain grow more gray matter in our brains, which that shows that the ability to be more regulated, um, and more of that ability to observe what's happening rather than getting into a story about everything or getting dysregulated. Um, and then uh, breathwork journeys or, um, well, hold on, diaphragmatic breathing, trying to stay on track here. Diaphragmatic breathing um, and the science that's come up around, you know, regulated breathing and the, what the breath can do and how we can use the breath to enhance our health is uh, outstanding. We're actually, I don't have enough time to go over like all the different types of breath techniques, but there's just so much out there. But usually I keep it really simple with my students because they got enough to think about with preparing or integrating from a ceremony. Um, so just that deep diaphragmatic breathing. And then there's breathwork journeys. Breathwork journeys, um, like I talk a lot about on these videos, we want to kind of test our nervous system. We want to titrate ourselves into non-ordinary states and see how much um, we're really ready for, so to speak. Um, and the breathwork journey experience is that perfect place because you're in control the entire time. With a psychedelic or a plant medicine, that envelope gets really pushed, you know. Um, and so in the breathwork space, we have the ability to really um, to go in and experience a non-ordinary state and see how can I hold that? Am I holding that well or am I getting really triggered? You know, what's my mindset during it? How am I feeling? Like all these different things. Um, and as you know, or maybe you don't know, the breathwork experience um, was created. I mean, you know, there's so many breathwork programs out there. There's so many breathwork trainings, but the father, you know, of breathwork journeys and it being directly linked to mimicking psychedelic and plant medicine experiences um, was by Stan Groff. So a uh, great book, you know, to get is Holotropic Breathwork by Stan Groff. I, th I feel like that should be in every um, person's pocket who's planning on taking psychedelics or plant medicines. It just lays out a lot of great frameworks that any of us might expect in these experiences. Um, so moving on to uh, inner child work and uh, reparenting work and ultimately what we know now as, because of beautiful Dr. Richard Schwartz, um, internal family systems. So basically what all of this like, you know, jargon means, like if you're very familiar with this, you'll, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But if, if, you're, if you're not familiar with this, these, the ways of working with ourselves other than observing our breath, the internal family systems and the inner child and reparenting work, it really gives us the ability to work with different aspects that have been created in our past and also access um, our highest selves, our healthy inner parent. And it really gets us into a deeper relationship with ourselves and working working with different aspects of ourselves. And this is often in this process, you know, most, most if not all of us come to find that living inside of us is a pretty harsh inner critic, pretty harsh judger. Um, usually those are voices um, uh, from the past that were imprinted onto us and we're kind of regurgitating them internally. And a lot of that inner work is setting boundaries uh, with our past, grieving our unmet needs and rebuilding ourselves up as this like really healthy inner parent where we can get what we want and we can assert ourselves, we can speak up for ourselves. Um, and of course, there's other other parts inside, maybe protector parts or managers. This is what Richard Schwartz talks about. It's a whole thing. It's like a whole deep, deep system. It's very, very um, intricate. Um, I highly recommend any any of his books. Um, I talk a lot on here about the book by John Pollard, uh, Self-Parenting. I feel like that's a great beginner's book um, if you've never done this work before. Um, 
because internal family systems in my mind is a pretty advanced practice. You know, essentially what we're doing is we're looking at ourselves as a Russian doll, like right. A Russian doll appears to be very one dimensional, but if you open up, it's like, bam, there's like all these parts and it can be really overwhelming to be like, uh, I haven't even established a, like one relationship with myself. So how am I going to do it with like 10 plus parts, you know? Um, so anyway, so it's good to start off with the identifying in that self-parenting book by John Pollard. It just starts off really simply by recognizing the inner parent voice and then the younger voice, you know, which ends up being the inner children. But we focus on one part at a time and it has like a whole 30 day practice in there. It's really, really great. Um, so moving on to um, a deeper modality that's also very evidence based um, is somatic experiencing by Dr. Peter Levine. Uh, it's 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 brilliant at minimum. You know, he has you know, all, all of these modalities of people and the pioneers behind this work, they're just brilliant. Like they really, you know, I don't, I don't know. They really knew what they were like. They had this insight and then they brought it to the world. I just think that's really incredible. Um, but in somatic experiencing, um, it's really about slowing things down to deeply feel in ways that we don't really do in everyday life. You know, so that's, that's really what somatic experiencing teaches um, without going into like all of the different things, but it, it helps somebody become really resourceful in their nervous system. So there's a, there's a preparation phase, even in somatic experiencing, you just don't throw somebody into the deep end, into their trauma. You build them up first, you know, you help them get resourceful so that they can start confronting things that are a little bit more uncomfortable. And I really feel like we can take from somatic experiencing and even EMDR in terms of even in these practices, there is a preparation period. So anytime we're working with any non-ordinary state, even in Stan Groff's work, there's always preparation. You don't ever just jump into um, the unknown because you can end up with more disorientation. So uh, it's really about slowing the nervous system down, really resourcing the nervous system through different exercises and practices. Um, so it's, it's really, really amazing. Um, and then uh, last but not least um, is EMDR, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. But we now know it doesn't have to be done with your eyes. It can just simply be done like this. And it can be used for anything can be used to address anxiety, um, depression, any sort of like ruminating thoughts, addictive behaviors, anything, past traumas. It was originally created to address past traumas, but we now know that it can be used for anything. Um, and essentially what it does is it allows somebody to process and rewrite their nervous system of whatever they, they want to do, essentially. So um, it's, it's, it's amazing. So all of these practices um, are the ones that I use in my preparation and integration program when I'm working with people. Oftentimes people, because uh, I specialize in childhood trauma, you know, that's what they're they're working on. So we use these practices, but a lot of times too, people come to me and they've done a lot of that work and they're ready for, uh, to grow and expand, but they can tell and see that, uh, they're very aware of how some of these uh, past childhood traumas are potentially holding them back, you know? Um, so all of these are really helpful in the preparation process and the integration process because it hits at every level, my ability to be mindful, regulating my nervous system, using my breath, being connected to my body being aware of my past, feeling empowered to actually work through the memories of my past. So, um, they're not clouding the lenses of my present, right? And, the, you know, no matter what we're working with, any psychedelic or plant medicine, the inner work and the outer work will continue before, during, and well after the experience. So um, I hope, you know, talking about some of these, these things was helpful. Um, and if you're interested, like I said, you can check out my ayahuasca preparation course down below. That's all for preparation. I will be releasing an integration course um, later uh, next year. Um, so be sure to be on the lookout for that. And then join us in the Facebook group. Um, to get your questions answered uh, once a week, uh, get some support around your preparation and integration for your experiences. Uh, check out all other links below to work with me, my newsletter, all these good things. And I'll see you guys next time. Take care. Bye.